This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. What will we find in today's Thursday thrillers here on the Mutual Audio Network? A few baffling mysteries? Perhaps a touch of murder? Let's find out. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Well, it looked like I had a couple of promising suspects. Charlotte Anders, who hated Terence Saunter's illegal appointment as CTA chairman and who, as vice chairman, became chairman with his death. And now, Paul, the CTA conductor, who had the opportunity, especially since he probably knew about the blackout in advance. A 15% raise in pay on the CTA would be quite a sum. Reason enough to kill a man. I was sure that it had to be one of these two, until I reached into my pocket for a cigarette. Hey, what the heck? What is it? My wallet. Somebody stole my wallet. Well, don't look at me. I know who it was. Paul! Paul, come in here. Paul? No, of course not. What is it? Do you remember that fellow in the leather jacket with all those zippers? The one who was selling the watches and rings and TV sets? Oh, you mean Skinny Willie. You know him? Sure, I had to call the cops on him a few times when I caught him picking pockets. Bring him here, please. All right. He picked your pocket? Yes, probably while he was trying to sell me that junk. He's got everything, my credit cards, driver's license, my Mensa membership well, card. he's got to have it on him. He never left the train. Better. Here he is, Mr. Towers. Search him. Hey, be cool. You ain't no cop. Search him, Paul. Okay. Be still, Willie. Uh-huh. That's it. That's my wallet. Here you are. Thank you. Wait a minute. What's this? Hey, take it easy. Uh, another wallet? Uh-oh. It ain't what you think, man. This wallet belonged to Mr. Terrence Saunter. Willie, I think you'd better sit down. Hey, I didn't kill nobody. What's that jingling sound? Inside his coat. The jewelry he sells. When did you take Saunter's wallet? I didn't kill him, man. Let me guess. The lights go out. You run over to this rich-looking man, take his wallet, he resists. You kill him. Maybe not intentionally. And run back to your seat. Right? That's crazy. I lifted his wallet at the station before he got on the damn train. Do you expect us to believe that? It's the truth. Willie, why did you do it? All this time and all the trouble you ever had was a couple of days in jail. But murder? You ain't gonna pin that one on me. Uh, take it easy. You're just one of several suspects. But if you did it, we'll find out. You may go. Come on, Willie. Hey, hey, be cool. So, it was Willie. Maybe. But one important thing is missing. The murder weapon. It wasn't found near the body, and Willie was apparently unarmed. The murder weapon is the key to this whole thing. And I still think the conductor did it. Where are you going? To talk to the motorman. The motorman? 
I walked through the empty cars to the front, where I found the door to the motorman's compartment slightly open, held there by a small hook. Excuse me. What? I'm Jonathan Towers. I am investigating the murder. Well, I never left the cab here. You, anybody can tell you that. Uh, I know. What is your name, please? Dean. Walter Dean. What do you want? I'm checking up on the conductor, actually. He did come to see you earlier, am I right? Yeah, I'd buzz him to come up here. Aha. Uh -huh. Then you must have gotten some kind of warning of a possible breakdown on your radio. Yeah, they said there might be a power failure at any time, with all the snow and ice on the track. Of course, you told this to the conductor, Paul. No, I'd buzz him before the call came in. But you did tell him. No. Aren't you supposed to tell the conductor to tell the passengers about delays? Nope. Why not? Against company policy. What? Look, now, if we told the riders about all the problems in advance, it makes us look bad, right? Now, if we don't say anything, see, they'll think we got caught by surprise and we don't look so bad, like with all the snow. Uh, how clever. Who thought of that? It was a direct order from uh, Mr. Saunter. I see. So why did you call the conductor? To get a cigarette from him. You're sure you didn't tell him anything? I didn't tell him anything. Well, Stickney, I'm stuck. That's not funny. Oh, sorry. Even your theory about the conductor was shot to hell. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's it. That's got to be it. What? All of them. I beg your pardon. They all did it. One by one, Anders, Skinny Willie, the conductor, Daisy. One by one, they stabbed him to death. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. They all hated him. So they all made a sinister pact. To take turns, one at a time, they plunge the knife into his chest. I don't think so. It's so simple. It's so fiendishly simple. Uh, Stickney. Call the police. Uh, put them all away. Dr. Stickney. What? That's stupid. The lights were out for just a few seconds, and there was only one stab wound. So they were quick. And they had very good aim. No. Besides, we could get sued for plagiarism. Have we spoken to everyone? Hmm. Everyone except the reporter. Get her in here. Little did I know that at that moment I had all the clues I needed to solve this case. It wasn't until my conversation with reporter Andrea Ray that it all became crystal clear. Ah, Miss Ray, do come in. Yes, Mr. Towers. I wonder if you could fill me in on the progress of the investigation. Well, we have reason to suspect everybody that was in that car except for you and Dr. Stickney. Well, I'm sorry that I can't be of any help, but I couldn't see a thing. Perhaps you can. Do you recall anything significant or suspicious during your interviews today? Well, nothing that you probably don't know already. Charlotte Anders' accusations, Saunter's denials, the question of the legality of Saunter's appointment. Did Miss Anders threaten him in any way? No. She just complained a lot. In fact, she did so much complaining that two trains passed while we were on the platform. We must have been out there for 30 minutes or more. She must have been pretty mad, hmm? Oh, very much so. So you haven't been able to narrow down your suspects very much. No, but there are a couple of key clues. Uh, one of them being the keys or whatever that we heard when the killer ran past us in the dark. But uh, that could have been the conductor's keys, Willie's junk, Miss Andrews' jewelry, or any of a number of other things. But whatever we heard belonged to the killer. Also, we checked the body again. The fatal wound must have been made by an odd-shaped blunt object. 
The hole it left was about uh, a half inch long and seemed to be a little rounded at one end. Mm, very interesting. Uh, mind if I smoke? Mm, smoking is not allowed on the train. Oh, really? The motorman was smoking. The motorman was smoking? How do you know? I saw smoke coming from the little room he sits in. The door was propped open. When was this? Well, right after you told us to evacuate the car we were in. I went to the front car and I saw the smoke. Good heavens, that's it! What's it? Dr. Stickney, have everyone meet me in the front car in five minutes. Why? Because there I shall expose the murderer. All right, but uh, do you have to embarrass him? I suppose you're wondering why I gathered you here like this. Because you've been reading too many Agatha Christie novels. Please. This case was extremely baffling to me. Here we have a murder on the train, the killer taking advantage of a brief power failure. The problem is, nearly everyone in the car is suspect. Take Skinny Willie here. Hey, I told you, I ain't killed nobody, man. Please. Skinny Willie. Pickpocket. He sees Terrence Saunter, perhaps not even knowing who he is. He sees a man in an expensive suit and a fat wallet. I told you, I lifted that wallet at the station. Yes, but you were on the train before Saunter got on. Okay, okay, look. I ride the trains back and forth looking for easy marks, okay? I took his wallet and got on. Now, I rode back and forth in the loop twice before they got on this train. I didn't do it, man. Yes, well, I didn't think so. Now there's Daisy Tuttle. Mad as hell at the CTA and anyone connected with it. She was sitting next to Saunter when it happened, but she's too old and fragile. Who's old? Okay, well, we know Daisy didn't do it. But, Miss Charlotte Anders, now there's a suspect. Now, oh. see here! Let me finish. You told me yourself that you were very angry with Saunter. You were jealous when you were passed up for the job of chairman. His way in. That may well be, but you wanted that job very badly. Yes, bad enough to kill him. Look, I didn't kill him. True, you didn't kill him, but you were responsible for his being on this train. What? It was his idea to ride this train. It was all in the papers. You're crazy. Yes, yes, I know, but I understand you waited on the platform, letting two trains pass before you boarded this one. But that reporter was interviewing us. <laughs> it wasn't much of an interview. You did all the talking until this train came along and you dragged us on. It was getting cold on that platform. I was tired of standing around out there. No, I think you got on this particular train on purpose because you knew who was going to be on it. Dean the Motorman. What the hell are you talking about? You said that you buzzed the conductor, received the radio report warning of a possible power shutdown. Then the conductor came in and gave you a cigarette, but... You didn't tell him about the possible delay. Well, we can't tell the passengers, so why should I tell him? How would you account for the fact that he was able to explain the problem to the passengers anyway? We had delays all winter. Maybe he figured it out for himself. Hey, you calling me a liar? No. Tell me. Do you usually drive the train with the cab door propped open? Well, only in the wintertime. I can't open the window and it gets stuffy in there. Isn't it possible that when the radio call came in, that the conductor could have heard it through the half-open door before he actually came into the cab? Yeah. Yeah, he could have. So I overheard a radio call. Yes, Paul, you heard the call. That there was a great possibility of a power failure, a blackout. And it fit your plans perfectly. What are you talking about? Since you knew there was likely to be a power failure, you only had to wait for it to happen. Come on, you have no proof. May I see your keys again, please? 
Here. Oh, really, Towers? It could have been anyone's keys or Charlotte's jewelry or Witty's junk. It could have been, but it wasn't. Remember, Dr. Stickney, you said the wound was an odd shape made by an object half an inch wide with a rounded edge. Like this. A skeleton key? The kind used on all the locks on CTA rapid transit trains. <gasps> so, you waited for the inevitable blackout. Then you ran from your station, keys jingling, bumping Dr. Stickney's shoulders in the dark. You reached over Daisy Tuttle, plunged the key into Saunter's chest, wiped it on his shirt, and ran back to your station where you cleaned it with the snow. Then you made the announcement when the lights came back on. You're crazy. You have no proof. I ah, need more. Okay. Lift the leg of your pants. What? Go on. Okay, now the other one. Aha. Uh -huh. What's that? A uh, bruise? I, I, I got this this morning. I, I fell on the ice. Looks fresh to me. I'd say you got that bruise when Daisy Tuttle kicked you. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there is your killer. No, wait. Charlotte, do something. Get away from me. I don't know you. She's lying. She set the whole thing up. Get him out of here. No, let's hear him out. She set this up right after that thing about Saunter riding to work in a fancy car. Saunter figured that riding the train himself would get the press office back. It was Charlotte's idea to ride the Evanston Express. Shut up, you fool! She was supposed to be on the platform with Saunter at 427 to catch this train, but the snow threw us off schedule, so she had to wait until the train came along. Uh, she knew to get on the train that Dean was driving. No, he, he's got nothing to do with it. I told her to watch for the run number in the window. I turned off the heat in my car to keep it as empty as possible. You're not going to believe him, are you? You didn't know about the power failure until later. He was going to ride all week. We'd have a power failure sooner or later. But why you? Because of the raise he cheated you out of? No. She said that if I killed him for her, she'd get me a supervisory job, civil service. I'd be set up for life. Well, I'm not taking this rap alone, Charlotte. You can't prove that. Maybe not. But I can prove this. Her last name isn't Anders anymore. It's Burns. Mrs. Paul Burns. We were married a week ago. Even I must admit that I really outdid myself this time. An incredibly complex case. Solved. If only all my cases were so fascinating. If only I was always so lucky. We locked Mr. and Mrs. Burns in one of the conductor's booths until the police finally came along. We got a new conductor and finally, after some three and a half hours, it looked like we were going to get underway. Congratulations on a job well done, Towers. Yes, thank you. But my friend in Evanston has probably given up on me by now. I should go back home. Oh, come to my place. I live in Evanston. We'll have a drink. Thank you. There, they're moving. Finally. We stopped again. What's wrong now? May I have your attention, ladies and gentlemen? We're very sorry, but a six-foot snowdrift is in front of us, and we will not be able to move. Please wait, and the shuttle bus will be here in about an hour. Thank you for riding the CTA. And now our cast. Jonathan Towers was played by Mark Burke, Dr. Stickney by Jim Keith, Charlotte Anders by Jennifer Hunt, Terrence Saunter by Jim Nelson, Andrea Ray by Donna Lynn Cargola, Skinny Willie by Steve Bellinger, and Daisy Tuttle by Ann Cargola. 
This has been a Stephen A. Bellinger production. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end of the week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of F's. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.